now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. I'm your host, Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach's is located over at 6169 North Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. Obviously, the Bears season is over, but you can head over there for the Super Bowl. should be a great game between the Chiefs and the Eagles, and make sure you get there once the Cubs season starts. It's not too far away. Pitchers and catchers do report this month. We will have baseball played later this month as we're recording this on February 1st, and next month at the very end, March 30th and 31st, we get the 2023 season underway. So we're going to do this episode here. We're going to have some fan questions that we're going to answer. The first one here is from Leanne Barshop. How are the Cubs planning to use Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini? Well, you know, the Cubs came into this offseason with a huge hole at first base. On the roster, the only player that they had that could potentially fill that hole was Patrick Wisdom. And I know the Cubs don't want him as their long-term solution at first base. So they went and signed Eric Hosmer, and they also went and signed Trey Mancini. Hosmer comes off a year where he played for two teams, the Padres and the Red Sox. A little bit of a sour year, not his best, but he still has great veteran presence and a leadership that the Cubs will like on this team, a strong left-handed bat. Mancini was on the Orioles for as long as you can remember, of course, had that brief time where he sat out because he was battling cancer, ends up beating it, wins comeback player of the year last year. And this year gets traded at the deadline while the Orioles are enjoying a resurgent campaign. But he goes to the Astros, wins a World Series, and now he's going to be a Cub. Mancini spent most of his career in the outfield. He's done a little bit of designated hitting, but recently has started to play first. Hosmer, as you remember from his time on the Royals, always been a first baseman and a really good one at that. He does have a few gold gloves in his career as well. So how are the Cubs going to use these guys? Well, it appears... Hosmer's going to be that everyday first baseman. Mancini is going to play a little bit on the corner outfield when Ian Happ or Seiya Suzuki needs a day off, and otherwise he slots in to be that starting DH moving forward. However, there's another player in that picture, Cody Bellinger. The Cubs signed him. He's likely going to be playing center field, not too much first base, but the other dark horse candidate to get some action at first base is Matt Mervis. He led the Cubs across all levels in batting average, home runs, and RBIs last year and tore up every level of baseball that he played. Single A, double A, triple A, and even the Arizona Fall League. So many expect him to make that jump to the pros. And what's his position? First base. So we'll see how the Cubs decide to use Mervis. I'd assume because Hosmer has a little bit of reverse splits, and for people who don't know what that means, is typically a left-handed batter does their best work against right-handed pitching. But Hosmer actually recently has hit left-handed pitching much better. So Mervis, as the Cubs assumedly will try to ease him into his role on the team, Mervis will be batting against righties, Hosmer against lefties, and Mancini kind of floating around the diamond. That's my best guess for how first base shakes out. I think Mervis will start in the minors and maybe come up in the middle. Um, If Hosmer starts hot, he's on a one-year deal, that could be a candidate to maybe sign and flip at the trade deadline, but we'll certainly keep an eye on that. The next question, what role will Keegan Thompson play? I think this is one of the most interesting stories to take a look at for Thompson. Last season, he was 10-5 with a 3.76 ERA in a lot of outings, both starting pitching and out of the bullpen. For once in 
this era of Cubs baseball, the Cubs seem to have some depth at starting pitchers. So maybe Thompson's going to settle into a role in the bullpen. That'd be my best guess. He's got 13 wins in his career. Seven of those have come out of the pen with a 1.95 ERA in almost 74 innings as a relief pitcher. Thompson, he's got great stuff, and he could be a good starter in this league, but he has been dynamic so far out of the bullpen, which is where I think the Cubs will use him to begin 2023. Obviously, if some injuries happen or you know, if the Cubs get really thin at starting pitcher or want to try Thompson, maybe he struggles out of the bullpen, sure, I could see him back in that starting rotation. But I think out of the gate, the bullpen is going to be a good place for Thompson. I think it might be where he makes his name as a player in the MLB. Our next two questions are uh, Sox questions from uh, Mark Williams. So let's start here. Should the Sox move on from Lucas Giolito? He's been an interesting character on the South Side his entire career. A few years ago, he was the worst pitcher in baseball, according to the numbers. And then just a few years later, he very nearly wins a Cy Young for the White Sox. Since then, there's been some injuries, kind of some ups and downs, as the White Sox have had as a whole. And this is his last season with the Sox. So I think obviously he'll start the team on the opening day roster, may even get the opening day start for the White Sox, but I could see him potentially being traded at the deadline as he does only have the rest of this year on his deal. Um, If he has a strong season, that makes his stock even higher to trade. Um, The Sox have never been a team to really back up money and sign players. Um, So we'll see where he ends up after this season, but I think it's a pretty safe bet to say the Sox and Giolito This might be their last run together. The next one is also a White Sox question. Is it time to accept the fact that Aloy Jimenez should strictly be a designated hitter? Now, that's a very interesting question. Obviously, the Cubs fans listening to this podcast will recognize that name because the Cubs traded Cy Young runner-up Dylan Cease and Aloy Jimenez to the Sox for Jose Quintana back in 2017. Um, But Jimenez has kind of settled into his role as a power-hitting slugger for the White Sox. Um, He's one of the worst defensive players in the league, but here's the interesting part. When he plays the field, typically left field, he hits 290 with a 106 OPS plus, both way above the league average. When he DHs, he hits only 230 with an OPS plus of way under 100. So he hits better when he plays the field. His mind is sharper. He's more into the game. So it seems like for the Sox, if they want to get the best out of Jimenez as a hitter, they're going to have to suffer for some of the blunders that he has defensively because that's when he shines at his best. The next question is a little bit interesting, kind of tough to answer. Uh, Will the team walk down the way to the stadium like in years past or ride to the stadium um, on golf carts? You know, that's interesting. Who knows? Uh, we, we've kind of seen less of that happen since COVID. They've been more uh, avoidance of the public, um, especially in spring training. I think we'll see a lot of those uh, golf carts. But I remember back in 2015, 2016, you know, Matt Caesar would ride his bike in or Ben Zobris would just walk down uh, Grace and Addison and, and, and down Waveland all the way into the stadium. So we'll see. Now that COVID seems to be kind of in the rearview mirror, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, players use alternate ways to get there, kind of interact with the fans more, just embrace all that Wrigleyville is. So that'll definitely be something to keep our eyes on, you know, moving forward this year and and in years in the future. The next one, another Sox one, will the Sox win the World Series? 
Um, I don't think so. The American League is loaded. Uh, you've got the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Astros, the Mariners. The Rangers made some nice moves this offseason. The Rays are always good. So are the Guardians, and that's in the Sox division. The AL is loaded, and all of those teams did more to supplement their rosters this year than the Sox did this offseason. Sure, they signed Andrew Benintendi to a franchise record deal, but that's not enough to fully make them better. They they had such high hopes last year and struggled all year long, and their only addition, aside the subtraction of Tony La Russa, is Andrew Benintendi. So I don't think you know the Sox are going to win the World Series, but let's say... You know, against all odds, they come out of the American League. The National League's a gauntlet. The Padres, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, the Cardinals. I'd take all those teams against the White Sox in a best-of-seven series. So I would say, short answer, no, the Sox won't be winning the World Series in 2022. The next one is an interesting one. Is this season just a break from rebuilding? The Cubs signed a lot of guys, but they are free agents at the end of the year. It feels like even if they make the playoffs, it'll be a fleeting success because so many guys would leave. What defines success this year? Really good question. Obviously, by finally spending some money this offseason, the Cubs have certainly made it um, apparent that they're trying to win. They are trying to compete in 2023 and beyond. But the way Jed Hoyer has constructed this roster creates a ton of flexibility. We've seen the past few seasons at the trade deadline, the Cubs have traded over a dozen players. Hugh Darvish obviously was before 2021, but then Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Jack Peterson, Andrew Chafin, Craig Kimbrell, Ryan Tapera, Jake Marisnik, and then this year, Michael Givens, David Robertson. The list goes on and on. The Cubs have continued to acquire talent, build up their stock, and trade them over the last two years. But now it kind of seems like, you know, winning is closer than we thought. So these moves have been with winning in mind. But there is a ton of flexibility if the Cubs either get off to a slow start and some players are off to a good start, or if the team is just a total dumpster fire, that they can make some moves midseason again to load up on talent, potentially delay the rebuild a little bit, but stock up that talent. So eventually, you know, we have a full, deep roster worth of players and in the farm system once, you know, contending is a little bit more on the horizon. Players like Marcus Stroman, Drew Smiley, Kyle Hendricks even, newly acquired Cody Bellinger, Eric Hosmer, Trey, Man- Trey Mancini, even Ian Happ, who was in the last year of his deal, could potentially be candidates to get traded at the trade deadline at 2023. None of those players are on the docket past 2024, So there is some flexibility to work with short-term when long-term, you know guys like Matt Mervis, Pete Crow Armstrong, Brennan Davis, Justin Steele are in the picture. Some of these guys might be. They may get signed to to longer deals after this, but for now, they're kind of part of that bridge team, which means that they could get traded and kind of help the future even more. But I think success this year means competing, means going in the right direction, means contending for an NL Central title. doesn't mean winning it. You don't have to be better than the Cardinals. The Brewers are going to be tough to be better than, but but you can't be a joke. You have to be winning games. I think 500 is a reasonable expectation. The next one, 
How will the shift ban affect Cubs hitters as well as pitchers? Obviously, the MLB is going to have the shift ban this year. We're going to get into that more later this week with AL insider and expert Robert Fiorante. But basically, it's going to put a big stress on defense. I think Cubs players like Cody Bellinger, Ian Happ, and, and Eric Hosmer, as well as you know former Cubs Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber, are going to benefit greatly from the, the lack of a shift. They should have a higher batting average, get more hits, and probably, you know, as a whole, baseball should see more balls in play. For the Cubs pitching staff, it should be a little concerning, you know, off the jump because they don't blow people away. They're primarily a ball-in-play, pitch-to-contact type of rotation. So that would concern me. If you're going to have a lot of balls in play and you're not going to be shifting, there should be a lot more hits, a lot more traffic on the base paths. But the way the Cubs approach this offseason kind of has squanched those thoughts. Signing Gold Glover, Dansby Swanson for short, Gold Glove first baseman Eric Hosmer, Gold Glove catcher Tucker Barnhart, and Gold Glove outfielder Cody Bellinger, you kind of shore up the middle of that infield. Nico Horner slides to second. You've got Gold Glove winner Ian Happen left. Say Suzuki won some Gold Gloves in Japan. He'll be in right. So this team is going to be really, really solid defensively. They should take away a lot of hits that maybe, first of all, wouldn't have been hits last year because a shift would be on. And second of all, maybe would be hits this year, but with such a good defense, they might take them away. I think the Cubs are going to be one of the teams that benefits the most from the lack of shift. They'll kind of separate themselves, especially defensively. The next one, first half standings prediction, win-loss record. I took a look at it. There's, you know, there's some winnable series. You know, you got the Marlins, the Pirates, the Reds, Giants, Angels, A's, but also it's the year of the balanced schedule. You're going to see the Yankees and the Astros and the Dodgers and the Rays and the Guardians. So I think for this team with so many question marks, I think about 500 baseballs where I think they'll play in the first half and we'll see, you know, trade deadline and beyond how they look in the second. But my exact prediction, I think I had 46, 45, 46 and 45 in the first half. Um, we'll kind of see how that goes. Next, with the balanced schedule, what are they going to do if they have bad weather in April? Most of those early season opponents don't have opportunities for double headers because we don't play them again. Um, the MLB knows this. You know, weather's always something that has impacted baseball. It has before and it always will. Um, but it's interesting. You know, let's say a series with the A's gets rained out in April. We don't play the A's at Wrigley probably for another two years. So it'll be interesting how they kind of fill those in, whether it's double headers, using off days. I think more off days were built in this year for that reason. Um, but it certainly will be something to keep our eyes out. But we know baseball. They'll be able to figure it out and make sure every team will play 162 games. Our last question, what do you figure a starting five-man rotation would be? Um, for starters, Kyle Hendricks is the biggest wild card. You know, if he's on the team, if he's healthy, he's going to be a starting pitcher, obviously. Um, but, you know, his injury and his recovery places him, according to reports, returning to the Cubs sometime in May and June. So that'll complicate things off the bat. There's a lot of candidates that could start. Keegan Thompson, Edward Alzali, Justin Steele, Jameson Tyone, Drew Smiley, Marcus Stroman, um, Hayden Wisniewski, Caleb Killian, and of course Hendricks. There's, there's a, a lot of guys, but the way I see it playing out, obviously Marcus Stroman, Drew Smiley, the newly acquired Jamison Tyone, 
and Justin Steele, who enjoyed a resurgent season last year. He should be a guy to keep your eye on this year for sure. He's probably my favorite pitcher on this team, and, and he was one of the best pitchers in the National League the entire second half. I expect him to keep that up. So those four guys, Stroman, Steele, Tyone, Smiley, are going to be starters. Then you've got a fifth spot that won't belong to Kyle Hendricks right away that Adrian Sampson, Javier Hassad, Hayden Wisniewski, Caleb Killian, Adbert Alzali, or Keegan Thompson could be pining for. My prediction, Adrian Sampson, who had an ERA well below four in a good chunk of starts last year, and Javier Hassad, who showed some promise during the back half of last year's season, will be fighting for that fifth spot. I think the Cubs are going to start Hayden Wisniewski and Caleb Killian in the minors, keeping them on a starter schedule and making sure that you know what we saw last year wasn't just a flash in the pan. They're ready to come up. I do expect to see both of them in the big leagues in 2023, just not on opening day. And then I think Keegan Thompson and Adbert Elsley are going to kind of settle into roles in the bullpen and provide some high leverage innings and some good depth for David Ross. And then, like I said, Samson or Hassad will kind of fight for that fifth spot. Um, and then the other guy I think will slot in as kind of a long reliever for this team initially. There is some depth. I wouldn't be surprised if all 10 guys that I mentioned, Hendricks, Stroman, Steele, Tyone, Smiley, Thompson, Alzali, Assad, Sampson, Wesneski, and even Killian, all 11, make a start in 2023. But I think primarily it'll be those four guys, Stroman, Steele, Smiley, Tyone. I think we'll see Hendricks once he's healthy, and then a mix of Assad and Sampson until he's healthy. And then we'll get Wesneski and Killian coming up from the minors here and there when needed. And then Thompson and Elzelay mostly in the bullpen. That's my prediction of kind of how that starting five rotation um, pans out. But that'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Corner. Thank you guys all so much for listening. We'll be back later in the week with Bob Fiorante talking about the shift. We're also going to hear from the director of morale, Dom Frederick. Um, Ryan Herrera from CHGO Sports and some other fun guests set up for February and March before the season starts. But for now, thank you guys all for listening and thank you for coming to the Cubs Corner.